Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Was asking just before we went to break at about 127. Uh, was it was Hank Snow the uh, receiver in the NFL? It was Jack Snow. Special thanks to Cactus Jack, who texts us at 630-630 in our Heartland Ford text line, as well as Vel from the high desert of northeast Colorado that pointed out Jack Snow was a uh, wide receiver for the Rams back in the 60s. His son, J.T. Snow, was a Major League Baseball player. So that was the snow we were looking for. None related to uh, John Snow. You can text us at 630-630. Uh, Craig's buttons, Craigslist has come out. Neither Kirby, Kirby Doc nor uh, Dylan Cousins ranked in his top ten. We knew that was coming with Cousins, who, uh, uh, for whatever reason, seemed to be a guy whose uh, valuation in Buffalo seemed to be declining for some reason. Um, remember, Craig Button does a long-term projected list, not where the players end up, where he thinks they'll end up. Bob McKenzie actually does that. Uh, from TSN and has had the most of all of the guides out there that's been the most consistent one for where the players actually ended up getting selected of course I think McKenzie what he does is he um, interviews or gets uh, you know top 10 lists or whatever from uh, 10 to 12 different NHL organizations and then that's how they come up uh, with the rankings we're going to hear from Peyton Krebs, who played for the Kootenai Ice. They've moved to Winnipeg. Krebs was the number one overall pick in the WHL Bantam draft. Uh, he had 19 goals and 68 points this year in 64 games, went minus 50. Uh, played very well for Canada at the U18s. Remember, that is an event that often for a lot of scouts is the last uh, major event they see of the year. Uh, he was Canada's captain in that event. I saw Kootenai play twice this year. Over the last decade, it was the worst junior team I'd seen in the WHL. They were bad. And uh, uh, so for Krebs to put up, and he was, you know, there haven't been a lot of, I think there's only been two other players out of Kootenai selected in the uh, NHL draft the last four or five years. Like, they've gone through a tough go, of course, change in ownership that Chanel family 
Uh, ended up selling the team to a group headed up by, uh, I think James Patrick was involved in the ownership group. They have subsequently moved to Winnipeg. What's the name of the kid that uh, the Sherpark Park Crusaders have, Brendan Escott? They've got the two brothers. Carter and Matt Savoy. And Matt Savoy is the younger one, is that right? Or yeah, you got it. Okay. And so we have a wager on that as to whether or not he'll end up signing within the year. Uh, with and, and let's face it, this is a player, Matt Savoy, that a lot of people... There are, there are people that thought that he should have been able to go the exceptional player route. Is that right? And it doesn't happen in the West ever, right? Didn't happen in Tyler Benson's year. Didn't happen with Matt Savoy. So uh, bottom line here is Winnipeg has a chance to get better over the next couple of years. Peyton Krebs, a leader for Canada and a captain on Kootenai, and we caught up with him at the NHL Scouting Combine in Buffalo. Obviously, you're just talking to Craig Button about, uh, amongst other things, your performance in the U18. And and talk about, I guess, a a different set of scenarios. I mean, with all due respect to some of the guys you're playing with uh, this past season, Kootenai, there were some tough times. And then you get to play on a pretty good team with Team Canada. Maybe just take us the range of experience of... uh, being a leader on both teams in those scenarios, maybe one where on a lot of nights you're not a favorite, yeah. and then on another night when you're with Team Canada, you're supposed to win. Yeah, no, I think uh, it was a fun time. I think anytime you can be a captain of a team, I don't think you go to try to be a captain, but um, it's pretty special. I mean, uh, during the season, I think I tried to be the guy that um, guys could look up to and, and try to lead by example to allow them to get to success and uh, move on in their careers so um, no I had a lot of fun with the guys in my locker room and then going to Team Canada like I said I just tried to be myself and um, was fortunate to be the captain there we had a great great group of guys and um, it was definitely uh, a challenge and uh, this year but coming to Team Canada I think uh, I played well and uh, had a lot of fun. A uh, bit of a Team Canada connectivity as well as some of the guys here from uh, the U18 uh, or the uh, Helenka Gretzky that was held at Edmonton. We saw you play there as well. Several of your WHL uh, teammates as well. Just a thought on uh, sort of going through this process with the likes of a Kirby Doc and uh, Dylan Cousins and Matthew Robertson and players yeah. like that. No, it's been, an o- yeah, yeah. it's been an honor. I mean, I've known those guys since I was 10, um, all of them. So, I mean, anytime you can have a group of guys like that that you've known forever to come up and with you in the ranks, uh, it's pretty special. I mean, it shows how, how well we, we, we've been de- developed. And, um, I mean, their families are all amazing and can say enough good things about them. So uh, it's been pretty cool having a group of guys you can kind of follow for since you've been in Peewee. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of blasts with it. Number one pick in the WHL Bantam draft. Mm-hmm. But how many uh, teams over the course of this past week did you talk to? Yeah, I talked to quite a few. I think there was like 23 or something, so um, quite a few, and um, had a lot of fun with it. Uh, were there any surprising questions that were directed your way or challenging ones? I know that Arizona as an organization uh, had some tape on guys that kind of mm-hmm. challenged them a little bit differently. Yeah, no, I mean, um, each team had a different little go at them. I think for the most part, it was all pretty well the same questions. Um, There's a few that maybe stumped you a little bit or maybe you had to think at the, especially at the end of the day when you've been uh, through six or seven interviews, you have the last one. I mean, um, you have to think a little bit harder to get some questions. But I mean, um, for the most part, like I said, it's just been uh, pretty seamless. Peyton, uh, what aspects of your game do you think you need to improve the most to make that step to play in the National Hockey League? Yeah, I think I'm always working on my 200-foot game. If I can play in the defensive zone and be reliable there, um, I think that's what I, I need to improve on to allow myself to play at the next level. And um, if I can do that, then I think I'll be able to do that. Favorite player growing up as a kid? 
Um, I had a, a lot. I think John Lynn Taves was definitely the, the high up there. He's been uh, one of my idols growing up for sure. And, and now is it true you may not be the most talented person in your family? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I got to, we got a talented group at home. I mean, the, everyone's got their own specialty. So, I mean, uh, I try to put, do my part and uh, make sure they're on their toes what they're doing. So, yeah. Uh, Brendan, do you know the uh, do you know the story there with the family, with the Krebs family? It's pretty uh, pretty interesting one. Is Dakota not a hockey player as well? Is that what you're talking that, about? Uh, it's one of them. His sister Madison is in Nashville. She is a country singer. So imagine, tell you the parents in that family. Uh, I think they could give some lessons to the Stauffer household. Uh, <laughs> but you are right. Dakota is the brother. Uh, he, I think he played for Tri City. Uh, when uh, Peyton broke in the league playing for Cootie. If Bob Torrey was listening to the show right now, he'd be texting me. Um, and then uh, the, the sister, Madison, is a singer as well. She actually did uh, sing the anthems at one of the games uh, when he uh, first went into uh, Kootenay. So interesting guy. I would have him 9 through 12, you know, 8 through 12, right in the range for Edmonton. Uh, can play center, bit on the wing, like him. Um is he a Canadian player that perhaps... Now, it should be mentioned, Craig Button does have him in the top ten. Does not have Doc and Cousins in the top ten. I'm stunned that he doesn't have Kirby Doc in the top ten because everything I'm hearing has Kirby Doc going, you know, that four, five, six range. So we shall wait and see. We're still going to hear from Philip Broberg. We're going to step out. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chat. Welcome back, everybody. It's 146 in Edmonton, and we are going to go to this day in Oilers history. And here is the talented young gun himself, Brendan Escott. Thanks, Bob. Back in 2008, the Oilers trade their third rounder from 2005, Danny Savret, to the Flyers for Ryan Patoli, who went on to play 72 games for the Oil between two seasons, scoring 15 goals, 20 assists. He left for Chicago as a free agent before the 2010-2011 season. Interesting guy, Ryan Patoli. Um... Anyways, uh, had had some talent, a little bit of skill, sort of player that ends up putting up some numbers on some not very good teams. But uh, he was a he was a decent guy, certainly very smart. I can tell you that. You can text us at six thirty six thirty. Tweet us at orders. Now we're going to go to our Heartland Ford text line at six thirty six thirty. Think all dealerships are the same. Think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. Uh, here we go. Bob, long-time listener, first-time texter. Just needed to say this. I love listening to your show. It's full of knowledge and opinion, but most importantly, it's full of honesty. Well, some people might say that text is full of crap, but others might say, yeah, you might be on to something. Um, again, when I say that Ryan Patoni was really smart and the type of player that uh, uh, gets into uh, – teams and organizations <laughs> they're not very good i think you can read between the lines of what you're saying bob james patrick was head coach of Kootenay last year uh cocknell was the group from winnipeg okay i thought they were connected because i thought james was with uh uh 
I think James's Patrick is was part of the ownership group as well. Bob, what about this trade? And we've had a couple guys suggest it. Jack Roslovic and Cop for Yessa Pulyarvi. Um Roslovic intrigues me. He's six foot one, hundred and ninety pound, right shot center. Hasn't received a ton of playing time with the Jets. Uh, six playoff games, didn't put up a point. He's got three assists in 16 playoff games over the last two years. I think he's a decent player. There's something there with him. I think he could be a third liner. I don't think there's any question. Again, uh, you can text us at 630-630. Bob, how would you compare Peyton Krebs to Ryan Nugent Hopkins? I would suggest that Nugent Hopkins for sure is a center that can play a little bit of left wing, but is probably a better center. I wonder whether or not Krebs doesn't ultimately end up being a winger at the NHL level, so there's one difference there. They're both number one draft picks in their respective uh, draft years. Um, I think Nugent Hopkins has a little bit, See, put it this way, I mean, he obviously played on a much better team in Red Deer in his draft year than Krebs did in Kootenai in his draft year. Nugent was the number one overall pick. History has shown that there's been some other players from that draft year. Johnny Goodrow was a heck of a fourth-round pick by the Flames. Hey, they passed on him three times, too. It should be noted. Um, Mark Shifley, Winnipeg got it right with that pick as well. Nugent Hopkins in a different situation where he wouldn't have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle in front of him, and he was on and driving the first unit power play where he excels. You can make an argument that Ryan Nugent Hopkins was probably, uh, you know, if he, since 2015, since McDavid's been here, Nugent Hopkins has ceased to be the team's first-line center. If he were the first-line center on another NHL team, given how good Nugent Hopkins is on the power play, I, I think you're probably looking at a consistent 60 to 75-point score if he's healthy for the year. Now, he got up to, I think, 68 this year, if I'm not mistaken. Ryan... Um, you know, he needs to be better in face-offs. That's an issue. Like, in a perfect world, Nugent Hopkins becomes a Patrice Bergeron type of player. I don't know if he's strong enough to be that player. He's certainly not anywhere near as good on face-offs. But like Bergeron, he's got the respect of his uh, teammates. Ryan's a subtle leader. Now, how does that relate to Krebs? I think that Nugent Hopkins was a much better prospect in his draft year than Krebs. Krebs, though, if, if the owners got Krebs at eight, there's worse things. Like, they're going to get a good player at eight. It might be a guy that we didn't think was on the radar screen before the World U18 Championships. He's had an interesting year. We're going to work through a conversation with him right now. It is Swedish defenseman Philip Broberg. Let's get to that conversation. It's been a very interesting year for you. You've had some ups, you've had some downs along the way, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. of course, you're going to have some downs uh, under the season, but I think uh, in the end we came out strong. Yeah, how many different uh, NHL teams ended up talking to you over the course of this week? Uh, I had 26 meetings. Who was your favorite player as a kid growing up? Uh, for sure, Victor Hedman. Uh, he's good in both zones and uh, has good skiing ability as well. You're not quite as tall as him, but he's a left shot as well. Uh, you're a tremendous skater. That's a great part of your game. What part of uh, your game do you think you need to improve to get to the next level, to, to get onto the NHL? I think it's my physical game in the, and to get a little bit stronger in the corners and in front of the net for sure. Uh, but I still want to improve my first passes as well. 
Um, over the course of this year, uh, you know, you, you were at the World Juniors as well. You got sick there. That was a tough one for you, wasn't it? Yeah, of course. Like we went out in the quarterfinals against Switzerland, uh, but I think it was a good experience for me and the, the guys on the team as well. Uh, you just gotta try to take it all in in those tournaments and uh, take take that uh, back home. Nick Lidstrom, you mentioned, uh, you know, obviously Victor Edmund, tremendous defenseman. Edmonton's got a couple Swedish uh, defensemen as well. Uh, you played against Joel Person this year, did you? Uh, Joel Person uh, plays. Uh, I'm trying to think of where he plays right Thank now. Right? Yeah, yeah. How, how would you think of him? Uh, he's a good player. Uh, I, I haven't played against him, but uh, I, I've seen some clips uh, from the SHL, and he's really a good skater as well. Uh, has has good first pass and has a really good shot as well. Really looking forward to the next three weeks, are you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's got to take it all in. All right. Well, have a fun with the experience. Thank you very much. Thank you. That is Philip Broberg. You know, when you see uh, V-A-X-J-O, does Vexha come up for you? Because it doesn't come up for me. I would think it would be Vaxo, but Vexha for Joel Person. Joel Person, I have a feeling, is going to be on the Edmonton Oilers this fall. I don't think he's going to start in the minors. I think Bouchard's starting in the minors, Samarukov's starting in the minors, and I got one for you here. If Edmonton ends up drafting Philip Broberg, he theoretically could start in the minors as well. And I think they're, he's, he's definitely moved back up, and you're going to see in a lot of various mock drafts and scouting guides and those sort of things that Philip Broberg is a top 10 pick. He's at 7, by the way, on the uh, Craigslist. You can uh, text us at 630-630 and tweet us at Oilers now. This uh, text comes in saying out of Lloydminster, Alberta, Bob, I totally agree on your take on Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's one of my favorite all-around players. I think personally he's getting better every year and he's getting stronger. Uh, he needs to improve in the face-offs, but we can work on that. And I agree, he's a uh, great player. We better not uh, lose him. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Jared says, Bob, I think Datsuk and r are uh, a better comparable. <laughs> Ryan will take that. And we should mention that Pavel Datsuk was a non-factor in the NHL at 26. I don't think he came over until he was 26. Is Nugent Hopkins 26 yet? Like, he, just trying to think. Pretty sure he's already just, he's turned 26 now. I thought he's an April birthday. Anyhow, that wraps up the, what day is it today? It's the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. What are we doing tomorrow? We're going to have Elliot Friedman for our friends at the River Cree Resort Casino. Uh, tomorrow's show is fluid. Tonight, game five, Stanley Cup final here on 630 Jed. Boston and St. Louis, which means Reed, Milk, Reed Wilkins is uh, probably over at Northern Chicken as we speak. Just a guess. I'm going to throw that out there. You know, he never takes me there. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Kerry McCarthy, followed by the 630 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody. Thanks for contributing to the show. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.